You are tuned in to the CPA Huddle, the podcast that unpacks and simplifies complex money, accounting, and tax topics that impact your bottom line. I'm Ignatius L. Jackson, CPA, and my co-host is Eric Pierre, CPA. We are practicing CPAs with a knack for translating tax and accounting hot topics into a language that is easily understood. This podcast is for everyone, working professionals, household managers, retirees, business owners, professional athletes, boomerangs, college students, and yes, you. It's time to increase your money management IQ. Let's huddle up. Hello, everybody. Ignatius L. Jackson, CPA here, and welcome to the CPA Huddle for this week's wonderful episode about an awesome topic. Yes, this week we're talking about putting your kid on the payroll. All right. I got my wonderful host, co-host here, Eric Pierre, CPA. What's up, everybody? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, bro? How 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 to do? <laughs> I just supposed to be what it do. <laughs> what it do? Well, once again, welcome everybody. Um, so this is a great episode about paying your kids. If you have a small business, you know someone that has a small business. You know this is definitely an awesome topic that you should consider doing. It's a great, fantastic way to get a tax deduction in your business while at the same time potentially having tax-free income to your kid or very low tax income to your kid. Very phenomenal strategy, especially if you're a high tax bracket taxpayer. Uh, your business makes a lot of money, makes a lot of sense to pay your kids through your business. Um, there's certain strategies and certain things that you can do to do it the right way. And so we're just gonna talk through a few of those on this show today and give you some thoughts and some insight. I don't know, Eric, do you want to start it off? That's initial thoughts. I mean, this is, uh, I agree with you. This is definitely a great strategy for those of you that have uh, businesses. As we'll talk about later, there's examples of certain people who have a recent president that actually used that strategy to lower taxes. And it was a way to pass down wealth without getting to the state tax. So we'll talk about that too. Yes. It was published in the New York Times, so I know that this number, you know, some people didn't, didn't understand, but, you know, wealthy, uh, upper upper class wealth people use these strategies, and I have clients that pay their kids, and you can use it. We'll talk more detail, but pay, putting your kids in payroll is a great way for you to basically deduct, you know, private school tuition and college tuition. We'll get more into that, how you can. It is legal, by the way, so, you know, don't be acting. It's like, oh my gosh, blah, 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 blah. We're going to explain it to you. So hang in there. Yeah. Put on your seatbelt and put on a helmet because you might feel bumpy, but we're going to be smooth. I might bump your head a little bit with some knowledge that we're about to give you. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do. We're going to break this down into two categories, paying your kids 17 and under, and then paying your kids 18 and over. Okay. There's a difference between the two strategies. Um, and there's some key uh, differences between those two. So we want to make sure we cover those. Okay. So let's t- start with the 17 and under kids first. So ultimately, if your kid is under the age of 18 and they're working for you as the parent of the business. Okay. So you, it's a business that you have to own, which you generally have to own a significant portion of the business. So it can't be one that you just work for and have a percentage of ownership. Usually it's going to be a business you own, you know, at least 50% or more. 
Um, but if you do that, then generally in most states, you should be able to hire your child to work for you, even if they're under 18, even if they're 12 years old, 10 years old, etc. Okay. You just want to check your state laws just to make sure, but there's usually an exemption for the child labor laws when they're working for their parents' business. Yes. Um, and you want to just make sure that whatever you're doing, having them do for the business is a legitimate reason. It's reasonable compensation for what they're doing. So let's say you hire your 10 year old and they're just shredding some papers and helping you file some documents and organize some stuff in your office, stuff like that. You're not going to pay them a ton of money for doing those types of tasks. Whereas if you got a little bit older child, like 15, 16 years old, that's maybe running your social media, uh, doing some coding for you because they're you know super smart, intelligent uh, young kids. Some of these kids are super, super intelligent these days oh, um, yeah. and things like that, where you would normally pay someone a much higher fee to do that type of work, then you could justify a higher amount. But you just want to make sure whatever it is they're doing, that it's reasonable based on uh, the scope of work they're doing for you. Um, and, you know, if you do that, there's a lot of great benefits to that. Okay. So, so j just think about it this way. You're already paying for their stuff anyways, like their school fees, their vacation stuff, their, all the little goodies that they want from the grocery stores and things like that. <laughs> um, you know, going out to movies with their friends, you're already paying for all that stuff anyways. So why not get some benefit from it by having them use their own income instead of using your income, which generally is gonna be taxed at a much higher rate than what they would get taxed at. And here's another nice benefit of this, by the way, if it's earned income, it is not subject to what, Eric? Uh, earned income? If it's earned income, it's not subject to what deadly tax? Oh, uh, I might've stumped them. Self-employment? <laughs> Kitty tax. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> huh. I can't stand that it's called that. All right. So if it's earned income, it's not subject to the kitty tax. That's what another not huge benefit of this. You know, it, when you do, do investment income, when your child has investment income, that is subject to the kitty tax rules. And so having the earned income definitely helps out uh, to avoid that tax as well. Okay. So if you pay your child under the age of 17, here's, here's the ultimate crux of this. If you pay your kid under the age of 17, less than uh, $12,550 in 2021, depending on what state you're in and what your standard, standard deduction is for that state, you will end up not having to pay any income taxes for that child's income, or your child won't have to pay any income taxes for their earned income, basically. Okay. Um, in addition, because they're under 18, they are also are not subject to FICA taxes or payroll taxes. So you don't have to pay those either. Okay. So again, the, the threshold is 12,550 for federal purposes. If they're under that amount, you don't even need to file a tax return. You don't have to pay any taxes. Um, the kids, you know, get a tax-free income. You get a deduction on your taxes. Okay. Mm -hmm. For the business, which helps to reduce your income, which is a much higher rate typically. And it's just a great benefit. Now, although that's the cap to avoid paying any taxes, you certainly can, as long as it's, again, it's reasonable compensation, pay your child more than 12,550 to do some income shifting. So let's say you're in the top bracket and you wanna shift some income to your child and you can justify paying them 40,000 a year, makes a perfect sense. 
to do it in that situation because now you've income shifted. Their tax rates are going to be much lower than your tax rates. You got a huge reduction of your taxes, probably as high as 40, 50 percent, depending on what state you live in, um, by doing this deduction and doing this strategy. Right, Eric? What no, do you think? I, I, I absolutely agree. I, I think this is something that's not uh, done enough. And sometimes our, uh, you know, people in our profession, we seem to overlook it because, you know, we're thinking of all the, and I'm not saying not a profession because it's easy for me to forget. We're thinking about the big things you can do. And, and then we sometimes forget about the little thing because, you know, we may think about the kitty tax or whatever. And, you know, and some of this stuff, you know, you can pay a teenager a decent salary to do social media because all you do is go get a quote from a regular social media company, full-fledged one, and it'll charge you two, 3000 a month. Yep. And you can pay for similar work, especially if a lot of kids know how to DM on Instagram, do all the boosting all on Facebook. And, you know, you can, and we can talk more about that. But yeah, you can get a comparable quote and then you have to prove show that they're doing actual you know professional work and if you're to be audited then you'll pass you'll be fine yeah absolutely and i mean there's kids that probably have more followers on social media than i do or maybe even you do so it's it's crazy yeah, yeah. How, how some of these young kids just have oh, it down oh, to a science that's all they do now that they're at uh, taking school at home they can be on social media all day fake their teachers down Absolutely. That TikTok. <laughs> okay. So a couple other points to kind of touch on here. So I mentioned no payroll taxes, no income taxes, or very low income taxes, just depending on how much you end up paying them. Keep an eye on your state's standard deduction rate. Okay. Now, one other point to note, if your business is taxed as an S corporation or a C corporation, okay, you do not want to pay your child directly from those types of entities. All right, what you would do instead is you would set yourself up a little, uh, it's often considered like a family management company or uh, you know, a cleaning company or a social media management company, whatever it is they're gonna be doing for you. you kind of just set up a separate bank account just using your social security number or your spouse's social security number and basically make payments to that company. And then you would pay your kid out of that sole proprietorship and the reason for that is when you pay your child from S corporation or C corporation, they have to basically, you know, be a W-2 employee that pays payroll taxes. And so the only way to really avoid having to pay that, those items and get the best benefit from this is if you pay them from a sole proprietorship. So it's just a little special rule that's out there that the IRS has. So that's another little hot tip. Now there's some, now there's some kids that may want to pay the payroll taxes though, but you know, because you, you can get that payroll tax deduction, but it just costs you more money versus the, the family old income you're talking about, right? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's I, I don't know why you would want to pay payroll taxes if you didn't have to. Uh, it's just an extra tax. You know, I, I hear this argument all the time. Maybe we could touch on this. The whole argument about Social Security, you know, you do you want to pay yourself a high salary when you're in business for yourself to get a higher Social Security rate? To me, if you think about it, all the money you're paying, you could probably, if you saved yourself money on payroll taxes, which is why I'm so, you know, adamant about, you know, doing certain strategies to reduce payroll taxes. Yeah, I you can't know, if you pay, If you save the money that you pay on payroll taxes and actually put it into an investment account, 
you put it towards your retirement, you actually do something beneficial with it, you don't have to worry about Social Security. Who cares? You're going to make 10 times more than what you get in Social Security. I don't know. I That's just my opinion on it. I mean, do you have a different perspective? Or? Yeah, if you can save on payroll taxes, I would definitely do that. I have to pay myself since my company files an S corp, and you know, I, I it's painful when I see the. I mean, I see my paychecks being taken, taxes taken out for me personally, but then when I see the, the, the employer side, it's like, oh, I just want to, you know, I, I don't know. I I say try to avoid payroll taxes, but then, but then the other side too is that, you know, there's also the argument for pays, you know, paying yourself through the payroll and. Make sure you have enough social security income for you retire, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know. It just depends on you. Talk to your tax professional. Everybody is different. Some people are like, I want to do things by the book and we're going to do pay the payroll taxes tax deductible. And I want my kids to have income so that, you know, low income so that they can get all that scholarship money in college. And so, you know, that's, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of different you know, yeah. views on it, but it's the, it's the American way. You know, I should contribute all my money to this inefficient government. Inefficient um, government and to a system where you will probably see little to no benefit by the time you reach retirement age. Oh, by the way, but to help yeah. influence your decision on what you should do, I'm going to read a tweet from Secretary Janet Yellen. And by the way, she actually said this stuff, okay? I can't believe I'm reading this. So this is a direct tweet. This is a tweet that she wrote. It's a stunning achievement. In the midst of a crisis, the IRS has put on a masterclass in implementation and how the machinery of government should work. And our administration is fighting to get them the resources they need to continue good work. A fully staffed and funded IRS is a key piece of our plan to build the country back together. For about 40 years, we've been underinvested in crucial areas, infrastructure, education, childcare. The same time the government has been taking in too little revenue. Here, I'm gonna skip part of it. Uh, one of the ways we can do this is by giving the IRS tools to strengthen compliance. We need to change it and we intend to change it. So you wanna fund this? Maybe sure for payroll taxes. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, the IRS has given us a masterclass, Ignatius. A masterclass. <laughs> They're a world leader in efficiency and what to do with your money. So maybe you shouldn't, maybe we should rethink paying extra payroll taxes because the IRS, they seem to spend it very well and, you know, going through their mail, Commissioner Reddick. Yeah. You're going to mention uh, Chuck Reddick on every podcast? <laughs> Every episode, we're going to talk about Chuck. He's my pet. It's my pet right now, you know? Your pet? Yeah, he's my ghost when I had to blast somebody. He's a target. I mean, I I could go after the president, but, you know, there are people that may like the guy. I could go after the previous president, but there are people like him. But the one person that nobody really likes, except for himself, is the IRS commissioner. We all agree nobody likes the IRS. We're a Democrat, Republican, third party. Nobody likes the IRS. That's a valid point. I mean, they take a bunch of your money. That's take a bunch of money. Yeah, yeah they're, they're like, the, I mean, look, ladies and gentlemen, one of the things I want to educate you real fast, and I have to use this analogy to understand why it's important they should listen to us and it also be work, you know, and make sure you have a good relationship with your tax professional. 
understand that, that basically how the IRS works, they're like the cartel, okay? So if you have a business, you know, and you live in certain countries, the cartel takes a cut, even though that they, you, they've done nothing to invest in your business, nothing to help profit, but because of the cartel, they demand a, a partnership stake in your, in your earnings. Well, the IRS is the same way. So what you want to make sure, particularly those of your business owners, we want to reduce the car, the cartels or IRS estate in your life because more likely they're not investing in your business. They're not helping you build your business, but they're going to take your money and make it hard for you to retire in dignity. So that's why we're doing wow. this for you. The IRS wow. is the cartel. And by the way, business owners, you should really look into the employer retention credit. Those of you that are scared of the IRS, you should be scared if you don't take that money. But keep going. This guy just called the IRS a cartel. Yes, I did. I said it. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Yes, yeah, and I and, and I learned that so from true. Pastor Terrell Fletcher in San Diego. So I, I so Pastor uh, Pastor T Fletcher, thank you for saying in a sermon a few years ago. You're absolutely right. I heard it, heard you say it. I thought about it. God bless you. God bless your wife and your baby out there. God bless that church in San Diego. But yes, that's where I heard it from. Was Pastor Terrell Fletcher. The legalized cartel. Yes. Man, man, that's that's an interesting perspective. I've never heard that before. <laughs> I like it. Another thing that I'll I'll bring up is Roth IRAs. So we've talked about this before. So a huge benefit of you know, paying your kids is you did that income shifting, right? And you potentially didn't pay any taxes on the money, no payroll taxes, no income taxes, just depending on if they're under 17 or not, uh, or 17 or under or not. So, but now another great benefit is because they have earned income, they are eligible to contribute to a Roth IRA. All right. And you can, they can do up to $6,000 every year into that Roth IRA. And the nice benefit about Roth IRAs, obviously you don't pay any taxes as long as you wait to take out the earnings until retirement age, okay? Um, but think about it, you never paid any, they never paid any taxes on putting the money in either. So basically they have tax-free income being growing into retirement funds, 100% tax-free into the future. Just imagine the doubling effects of that. It's, it's phenomenal, like boom. Like pin drop. I don't know. I don't have a pin on my hand, but pin drop on that one. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's 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 powerful. Okay, paying your kid, not paying income taxes, putting into Roth IRA, letting it sit there and grow. Awesome. You can also, uh, let's say the the kid wants to go to college and you got you can't really afford to pay for it or something like that. Once they get to that age, uh, depending on how long you've been putting the money into that Roth IRA. Another great benefit is you can also utilize that to basically pay for college for the contributions only. The contribution portion of it, you can use that to pay for college by taking a withdrawal because as you remember from other conversations we've had, anytime you put money into a Roth IRA, any contributions you put into it, you can always pull out at any time tax and penalty free because you've already paid taxes on it, it's your money. That's why they let you do that. You just can't take out the earnings unless without getting penalized or tax before yeah, 59 yeah. and a half. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I agree with you. Uh, and I love, you know, nations, one thing I appreciate about you, and I need to make sure I do this more 
if it's not the opportunity for the uh, retirement savings, particularly for the young, you know, the young, the, the kids, because their incomes were well below the 122 to put in $6,000 a year. You know, I wish my dad had a business. I could have put $6,000 a year a long time ago. I'd be, I'd be sitting pretty right now. You know, I'd be really, yeah, smoking a cigar in a boat in Miami. You know, by Seriously. myself, it's a social distancing, by the way, but you know. <clears throat> yeah. We talked about compounding interest on one of our podcasts and just imagine $6,000 over 10 years, you know, working for you in your business. Let's say they can get 10 years in. All right. Just imagine where that would be by the time they reach retirement age. Holy cow. Hold that on. would be, you know easy be. you going to do the math. All right. You do the math. I'm going to get to my next point. Go ahead. Go ahead. And when you're ready, just hop on in. All right. What, what other th- we use? 8%? I think we use 7 and we use 10. So I would say 8% is good. That's yeah. a good average. All right. My next point is grandkids. You could do the same strategy for grandkids. Let's say you're an older uh, business owner. You can actually do the same tra- strategy for your grandkids. The key is, though, you have to do what you basically do when you're S-Corp and C-Corp by basically having your, your son or daughter go ahead and create a LLC. And when I say grandkids, this really is anybody's kids. So let's say you have a niece and a nephew that you want to do this for, or you got someone else you want to kind of pay to help you in your business. You can technically do it for anybody as long as it's their parent. And if they're under the age of 18 is when it really matters. Okay. So if you do it for whoever their parent is, you basically pay that parent, you know, the parent goes create a business. You then pay that parent's business. That parent then pays the child. Okay, that's under the age of 18 and you get the same benefits of the strategy. So that's the way you would do it to get your grandkids or your nieces and nephews or, you know, someone who's kind of under that that threshold of 18 years old that you want to give the same benefit to. And that can legitimately help you in your business. I'm going to say this over and over and over. They need to legitimately help you in your business. Don't try to act foolish on this one. Make sure they're actually doing something that's reasonable compensation that is legitimate don't just pay them for the sake of paying them. All right. You, you heard it. Don't pay them for the sake of paying them. If you get caught and you get smacked by the IRS, it's your fault because I warned you. Yeah. Don't. So don't be trying to act like these uh, unscrupulous NCA boosters. Okay. That is the first thing comes to mind. You know, programs like Alabama, you know, where these, uh, you know, I saw a couple years ago, well, uh, wealthy families were legally adopting athletes, okay? And then they could give them jobs to work in their businesses to funnel booster money, and the NCA couldn't do anything about it. So it came down to whether the IRS thought those payments were legitimate or not. But it was just funny seeing a, a kid from inner city that's recruited to University of Florida get adopted by a rich guy, and all of a sudden now he's in the family business. Well, so, you know, that's the kind of stuff that is a little shady so if you're a booster be careful you know who we know who you are <laughs> you're right okay did you find the answer yeah, i couldn't get How the calculator to work but basically if you, you start to work thousand dollars i think it was 10 years uh six thousand a year and then you let oh, it sit there so let's do it for um so let's say they start working at 10 Right. So let's just say they start working for you at 10. You do 6,000 a year over eight years. Mm-hmm. And we get to oh, 8% interest rate. 
by the time they reach 18, they'll have $78,000 inside of wow. their Roth IRA. Now we're going to take that 78,000 and assume that we don't put anything else into it. And let okay? it grow at 8%. And we're going to let it grow at 8% for the next 30 years. It's probably close to a million dollars. That would be $900,000. Okay, so it's close. So I got close to 900,000 on my own. So there you go, I wasn't that far off. And they only put basically uh, 6,000 times eight would be $48,000 into their account. That's it. And it grew to $852,000 at the end of 38 years. That's called compounding interest. Yep, compounding interest. And so this is why you wanna do this, guys. This is why you wanna do this, all the listeners. This is why you wanna do this strategy. It's, it's super powerful, great way to get some money to your kids. Again, not having to worry about transfer taxes or gift taxes or any of that crap, estate taxes, none of that. It's just a legitimate way to get money to your kids, have them start investing. And then the rest of it that you paid them, that's over the 6,000 per year mark that you're putting away, you can use it for whatever you want. Okay? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so we talked about the first topic, 17 and under. Let's touch on 18 and over. All right. So here's the key differences to eight, 17 and under versus 18 and over. When you're 18 and over for your kids or really anybody, let's, let's just put it that way. Anybody 18 and over, you have to either pay them with a W-2 or a 1099. Yes. Okay. Well, it just depends on what they're doing for you, whether you can justify them being a contractor or whether they need to be a, a W-2 employee. It just depends. But you that's how you I, need I, to I got, I got, I got, hold on. I got a quick question. I, it's kind of silly, but it's actually, you know, a real thing. So, you know, with the contractors issue control. So if the kid, let's say the kid's in college and the parents are, uh, let them live there, that he, he, or her, he or she live at home and they're paying for the college, then wouldn't you make them W-2 kids to really control all aspects of their life, not just the work? It depends on if they're only working for you or not. So I, I would say if they're only working for you, and they're that's all that they do and you tell them when to come to work and what to do and all that crap then yeah you're basically controlling it so they should be a w-2 employee in most cases yeah. i agree but at the same time it, and there's some kids that when they're in college they they have their own business sometimes so if your kid has their own business and they do stuff for other people even though you might be providing still some significant assistance to them it, they have a legitimate business at that point. So to me, that's a legitimate contractor. Yeah. I mean, there's kids so, um, doing Amazon business. Yeah. You know, drop ship. Yeah. Have their own LLC. They have their own bank account. They have customers. They have insurance. Those are all great factors against, you know, be, them being a 1099 contractor instead of a W-2. So. Okay. Well, I thought I'd ask you because like, you know, that control area uh, probably gets a little gray for your kids when you're paying their bills and yeah. they're living with you. Because then, if I was not, I'd assume, now wait a minute, I see you pay your college tuition, you feed them, you clothe them. I have a feeling you have some control over them. I don't think they're a contractor. That's true. And, and but you have to, the thing you got to keep in mind about that test, right, is no one factor is the end all and be all. There, there's, I think, what, in like an eight-factor like test like 20, the IRS uses? There's at least 20 items, like, 
Yeah. Summarizing so, 20 points. Yeah. Okay. 20 points. So there are a, a bunch of different items that you can consider, right? And so not one thing is going to make someone a contractor versus an employee. So you kind of have to just look at all the facts and circumstances and make the best decision for yourself in terms of what that is. So the safe route would be just to treat them as a W-2 employee, obviously. That's yeah. the safest route. But if you wanted to, you could, you know, try to justify doing a 1099. Okay. Um, the other key difference is when they're 18 and over is they are subject to payroll taxes. There's no way around payroll taxes at that point when you're 18 and over. Okay. Um, but everything else is pretty much the same. They can still do a Roth IRA. If they you pay them less than twelve thousand five fifty, they can still be tax free, so to where they don't have to pay any income taxes, but they will still have to pay payroll taxes. Okay. Now, one thing you want to keep in mind as well is, especially if you're claiming the child as a dependent, one of the requirements to claim a child as a dependent is you have to provide more than half of their support to them. Mm. Okay. So if you want to continue to claim your child as a dependent, you have to factor that into what you're paying them. You know, once they reach, you know, 18 years of age as well, because you basically have to be, you know, especially if your child lives away, like in a dorm or something like that and things of that nature, you got to kind of factor all that into whether they actually qualify as a dependent anymore, which, you know, could impact things like insurance, car insurance, health insurance, all that kind of stuff. So just kind of factor that in and keep that in mind, you know, as you're paying your child, as they start reaching that, that higher age. Let me see. What else? What else am I missing? Yeah, you don't have to worry about a kiddie tax 18 and up. I would recommend W-2. I have a client, they employ both their kids and it helps offset, you know, the expenses going to, you know, one of the schools in LA and medical school. So it's it's really advantageous and something that, you know, hey, I wish I had kids, I'd make them work with my firm. <laughs> Seriously, you know, and it's, and you know, Parents, I, it's also important. Um, my dad was not an entrepreneur, but I got to appreciate buying things because, you know, I was basically told to have a job when I was 13. I used to mow yards before I could drive and then I sat groceries. So, you know, I had a lawnmower business at some point. I, my name was in the neighborhood guide, but I made well below the threshold to have to report taxes. Uh, on that stuff. And then when I worked at Kroger with taxes withheld, I just file a return and I get my money back. And, you know, it was, uh, it really helped me today, you know, appreciate things I have. Cause you know, I do have an extensive Jordan collection. Cause when I was a kid, my parents wouldn't buy Jordans for me. They said, if, if you want to go buy yourself and I wait as long as don't start buying it. So yeah, I mean, it really teaches them really good morals and values, right? I mean, having them earn what they want to spend money on like you said you know your parents didn't buy you stuff mine did i'm not gonna lie mine definitely bought me things but we also didn't have a ton of money so it was only a, something well, here well let me be clear my parents did buy me some things i mean i grew up uh you know well to do you know but there was a point that they stopped doing it says you want these things you gotta work but they never bought me a pair of uh jordan sneakers so yeah uh, but they did buy me a Nintendo, and then after, then at that point, when I want a new video game system, I had to work to buy Sega Genesis, and then I want to buy an Xbox. Uh, today I bought a PS5, but you know I appreciate because I worked for it. 
<laughs> you have all the little toys and gadgets over there. I'm a single guy. What do you expect me to do? I mean, there's not a Mrs. Pierre right now to tell me, no, you can't buy that. Oh, snap. You had to bring that up on the podcast. Oh, hey, I, I am single. Uh, I'm mingling. And, uh, you know, we do we do take inquiries here. If you qualify, we might talk. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um... <laughs> Ladies only. <laughs> Hey, you know what I'm saying right now? I have to, you know, get to say what you prefer. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, we we touched on a lot of the key topics. You know, paying your kids 17 and under, paying your kids 18 and over. Kind of the differences between the two. Some really cool strategies you can employ. The only thing, last thing I will say is, do not do not do this on your own. Okay. Even though we talked about some of the you know key little nuances here and there throughout this process, be sure to use a qualified advisor, tax pro, CPA, lawyer, somebody to assist you with creating this strategy to make sure you're doing it right and make sure you're following the tax laws, okay? We didn't talk about every little thing that you need to know. We talked about some of the bigger items and the bigger key aspects of it so you can understand the benefits of doing it. You know, it's a huge, huge benefit by doing this by getting your kids involved in your business, not only financially, but also from a uh, educational perspective, from a financial literacy perspective. There's a lot of great benefits to doing this. It teaches them investing by putting into the Roth IRA. It teaches them about buying stocks. If you, you know, give them a little account that they can go in there and kind of trade and do stuff like that. And there's so many great benefits to doing it this way that uh, it's, it's super, super powerful, both financially and education wise. So highly, highly recommend it. If you have kids that, you know, can get involved in your business, get them involved in business. Okay. Um, that's all I can really say. Um, you know, and if your kids have some bright ideal that they want to start their own business, let them do that too. You know, let them start their own business. That's another great, you know, benefit that's out there. Absolutely. So absolutely. Yeah. But definitely work with the professional. Don't yeah. do it alone. <laughs> Um, because I see, I see it get screwed up you know, more time. You know, some people do it and they just try to do it on their own and they screw something up and it ends up being something that we have to untangle. So, um, definitely, definitely work with someone and, you know, stay on top of it. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think that's it on that topic. One last thing I'll say, I just wanted to kind of bring up a recent review that we got on the podcast. <laughs> Want to thank someone, you know, happy CFO posted for us a five star review, which again is the only review rating that we'll accept. Um, but thank you guys for so far following our our uh, guidance here. Uh, and happy CFO left a comment as well that said black excellence. So look at that, Eric. We're black excellence. What do you think? Absolutely, I appreciate that. Yeah, we appreciate it absolutely. Thanks for listening. Happy CFO. Um, happy to uh, have you a part of our listeners subscriber base and by all means others feel free to leave comments uh, leave us reviews we'll uh, mention you on the air as well potentially uh, thank you for listening in and Eric anything else you want to say before we end the show today uh, no just that tax days are 11 days if you're now inquiring about your taxes you're likely to be put on extension when you talk to tax professionals so I'll give you a heads up Please don't try to bully them to do your tax turn. If you're just now calling, it's your responsibility to have kept up with the deadline. So uh, be kind to your tax pro. 
they're doing their best. A lot of us are working really uh, long hours, uh, you know, and also don't criticize your tax pro if they take a five minute break and post on social media. They probably are working on your tax as they do it. They're probably sending a signal to their family that they're okay. Yeah, I, I hate that. So don't, you know what I mean? Just because we yeah. post on social media, just because we do this podcast, just because, you know, we might do videos and whatnot, everybody needs a little bit of a break. Like, oh, yeah. You, you can't, we're not robots. We don't just work, 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 work. I mean, you know, no, don't, no, don't no, take no, the fact no, that we're posting does, on no. social media as a sign that we're not doing anything. We're just sitting on our butts doing nothing all day long. Oh, and it also stop yeah. and stop the 6 a.m. text. Your taxable may give you their cell phone number, but technically by a, by AICPA rules, where I found out, we're actually not supposed to really be texting clients. Now, most of us do it, but, you know, technically we don't have to, and some CPAs don't even give their cell phone. So if you have your accountant's cell phone, you send text, send it at the right time. They're not, because you don't think about them all throughout the day. They're not thinking about you all throughout the day, okay? And lastly, oh, I got to say this again. Stop trying to be cheap. <laughs> I had a guy the other day. I'm not, I don't want to say your name because I don't want you getting flamed by people in our industry. I did post it on Twitter, but I kept your name hidden to save you from embarrassment. This guy says, oh, I got RSUs and crypto and stock grants. And he put us his budget. I was hoping to do it for one to $300. Are you kidding me? If you find someone that does it for one to $300, you're gonna have that return redone. You're gonna pay the real fees when you go to a real pro to amend it. Now look, everybody's got a budget, I get it, okay? But if you can't afford to shop for something, don't go shopping. If you can't afford a Mercedes S-Class, don't go to a dealership when the car is worth between 150, 200,000, fully loaded AMG, and say, hey, um, I was hoping to walk off with that uh, AMG S-Class 500 for $30,000 drive out. The deal's gonna laugh at you, so it's extra down payment. Uh, come on, guys. And some of y'all are business owners too, and you don't like people doing that with your business, but you want tax pros to do work for next to nothing, but you want customers paying full price. Respect the CPA, respect the enrolled agent, respect the tax pro. You know, a good tax return does cost money. If you don't have the money, you can always go to Jackson Hugh and HR Block and they'll gladly service you. Stop being cheap. You know, and on that note, you know, I had a problem with my CPA most of the time, it's price. Somebody also contacted me the other day, emailed me, uh, contacts, made an appointment, we gave him a quote, and they said, oh, my husband was unhappy with you. Yeah, if you're that unhappy, you wouldn't have called us to do your taxes again. You were unhappy because I asked, you know, real money, money that we ask other people. We're not picking, we're not picking on you. We, you know, what you charge, CPAs are charging everybody else similar pricing. So, don't come with a complex return to Ignatius say, hey man, I hope you can do, you know, 100 crypto transactions or $200 because it's going to tell you to go kick rocks. You better. And if your CPA does want to do it, I can tell you what's going to happen. They're just going to do the bare minimum and move on. And then when the IRS comes calling, they're not going to answer the phone and you're, you're, you're jammed. And on that note, this has been another wonderful episode of the CPA Huddle Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Eric is off his soapbox.
and we will talk to you some more later. Fire Charles Reddick. <laughs> Hope everybody has a good day. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to CP Huddle. Add us to your listening rotation by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Follow CP Huddle across all social media platforms. And for more information about the services provided by our firms, check us out at www.iljcpa.com or www.pierreaccounting.com. We will be back to huddle up soon.